So thank you for being here today. We'd just like for you to remember real quickly that this Tuesday is our Thanksgiving service. We move on the Thanksgiving week, we move it up a day so that ladies have time to cook and prepare on Wednesday. No service this Wednesday, but we'll have service Tuesday and give, give thanks to God for his blessings to us. And then we will go into the gym for a time of fellowship. Don't tell anyone that we're having donuts inside. <laughs> we have the whole church come out when we have donuts and cider. So we're looking forward to that. And we'll look forward to the Tuesday service. Also, uh, we start our post office next week. Look at this. <coughs> I know you can't see it. <coughs> but it's the Osborne family. And I got that card in the mail and reminded me it's time for our Stratford Heights post office to open. So you can bring your cards and address to your family here, and then we will deliver them for you for 25 cents. And that goes to help buy food for our needy families at Christmas time. So you help us with that, and we'll appreciate it. Also, uh, our Christmas banquet, we want you to plan on that. You know, if you go to something nice, you need to plan on it. And it's going to be beautiful. And so that's the 21st, and you need to get your reservations in. You'll have to... <clears throat> Um, we only can seat about 240, so we're going to close it after that for reservations. But we want everybody, all of you to be there on the 21st on Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. All right, I'm about to lose my voice again. But I'm going to go ahead and we're going to have you stand at this time, leaving our visitors seated all over the congregation. If you're here visiting today, just remain seated. And people can find you and know who to shake hands with and give you a packet of the church. And you can read it and find out all about our church. Now let's get out in the aisles and shake hands and greet one another. God bless you. Well, it's a sweet, sweet, sweet presence of Jesus. How it serves me so, how it makes me whole.
my soul, how it makes me whole. Oh, 
Praise you, Lord, Lord, make me a house. 
We've not come into this house this morning to honor any man. We've not come in here today to honor one another or to lift up an organization, even a church. We've come in here today gathered in his name to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our healer, our provider. He's here this morning. We've come gathered in his name, here in his house. You know, when it says make this house a house of prayer we want this place of course sacred and reverently to be treated as a house of prayer but you know he's more particularly talking about this temple this house i want you to put your hand on your own breast right there your own chest i want you to say this house this house is a house of prayer this is the place where the Holy Spirit inhabits. This is where strength comes. This is where healing comes right here, right now, today, in the name of Jesus. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Make me a house, Lord. A house of prayer. Lord, make me When it goes on and it says, in the song it says, I lose control. It's not about us losing our mind. It's about us giving and relinquishing complete control to God. How many of you know his will, not our will? His kingdom, not our kingdom. His ways, not our ways. This is the truth that'll cause us to run through a troop and leap over a wall. This will bring victory to your house this morning. If you have a need anywhere in this place, we prayed for these and there's many that's in prayer here in the altar, but if you have a special need, you didn't come forward for prayer, but you're here today and God needs to speak to your situation, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. I want you to turn to the left and right. If there's anyone standing by you, need special prayer we're anointed today that i believe in the power of the holy spirit present to heal and to touch you right where you are would you reach over politely lay your hand on someone standing beside you would you begin now to pray a prayer of faith the lord is going to anoint you to bring a victorious answer to prayer right here in this house oh in the name of jesus in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the moving of your spirit. We do not serve a God of religion. We do not serve a God who is dead. We do not serve a God who is distant. We serve a God who is on the throne and in control and he's very here and present. I will never leave you nor forsake Woo! you, says the Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Lord, make me a house, make me a house of prayer, 
a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Let the fire, may the fire of my altar never go out. May the fire of my altar never go out. May the fire of my altar never go out. Some of you were leaving here today and you didn't even you didn't even know you were coming expecting but you didn't really believe until just now God has heard your cry and heard your prayer your faith has touched the Lord however little it might have been and you're touched this morning in a way that he's going to bring deliverance he's going to provide he's going to make a way where there is no way you came in with impossible situations you're going to leave here today knowing that he is God of the earth and he is in control. In the name of Jesus. Come on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we praise 
you, Jesus. We lift your name on high, oh Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Biggest round of applause and praise clap your hands all ye people shout unto God with a voice of triumph hallelujah do you got a praise down inside you do you have victory inside you hallelujah hallelujah let me tell you something if you're visiting with us today let me just tell you where you are. You're in a house full of sinners saved by grace who have been found in the midst of the mire and the clay. He took us and took us out, brought us up, and he set our feet on a solid rock, and we stand in victory this morning, and we've got that victory. How many of you have that victory? Come on, say amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on, give him praise one more time. Hallelujah. Praise God. They have said that God is distant. They have said that God is far away. That he's unconcerned. That he's more about religious duty than he is about relationship with his people. I want you to know that's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. He is here today and he is here to meet with his people. How many of you know that is true today? He is here to meet his, with his people. Amen. While you're standing, I'll go ahead and I'll do what we do in this part of our service. How appropriate for us to pause in the moment of this service and pray for the state of Israel. Would you right now stand in agreement with me as we pray over her borders, as we pray over her cities, as we pray over her sons and her daughters, Lord, we come before you now. We lift up the beautiful state of Israel we ask you to minister to her borders, to touch, Lord, her soldiers, minister to her people, her mothers and her fathers, her sons and her daughters. Touch them today by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let them sense and feel the mighty angels of God as they are now encamped round about every border crossing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We seek the good of Israel. We seek her peace, Lord, and we ask you to bless her abundantly. Keep her safe in all of her ways and let your work be accomplished and done. And we will never fail to give you the honor, the glory, the praise, and all, all of the power in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise God. Would you turn, shake somebody's hand, congratulate them on being in the presence of God. You can even tell them they look real good today, and you can be seated.
Well, does it feel good to be in church? <laughs> Amen. I agree. Hallelujah. Well, we are honored today. You know, I believe that you set an atmosphere. Last Sunday night, as Gary mentioned, if you were not able to be with us, hundreds of you were. But if you were not able to be here, this sanctuary was filled from one side to the other, from the front to the back with people walking the aisles and praising and praying to God. We spent, well, I think over an hour in prayer. Then we went into praise, spontaneous praise and worship. It was one of the best nights I think I've ever been in in my life. It was so rich and so beautiful, so amazing. It was our first in a long time prayer and praise service. And we're going to have them a lot more. As a matter of fact, the, the people that were here Sunday night cheered and clapped when I said, would you like us to do more of these type of Sunday nights? And boy, they went crazy. The power and the presence of the Lord was here. But not only did we set some atmosphere on Sunday night, but all through the week, the young people service on Tuesday and Monday night celebrate recovery and then Wednesday night family life night. But Thursday, Esperanza began revival. And they've been in revival every night, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And the power and the presence of the Lord was here in a mighty way. So I'm telling you, we didn't have a chance. I mean, when we walked in here this morning, there was so much fire on the altar already, you'd get burned just walking in. Your tires got a little melted when you pulled in the parking lot. The power of the Lord is here today. We want to honor their guest. Um, very important uh, to... Brian, our pastors, Brian and Amelia Little, who, who God has chosen to lead this Esperanza group. But these are the pastors when they gave their lives to the Lord in California. These were folks that ministered to them, poured into them, and discipled them. And they're very special to them. And so if they're special to them, they're very special to us. So we want to honor you. This is Pastor Armando and Martha Escamilla, and they're here today in service with us. We want to honor you and thank you for being with us. Amen. They pastor the Church of God at Bethel in Santa Ana, California. And we're honored today to have you as our special guest. And we want to thank you. We want to thank you for faithfulness that poured in to two people that we cherish, that we value, and that we love. You'd be very proud. If you, I know you already are. But you'd be very proud of the work that they do for the Lord. And they give honor to the fathers and mothers in spirit that have helped them and raised them. Thank you so much for your gift to our church. God bless you. Are you ready to hear something else real cool? That was not very excited. We're very proud of a young lady in our congregation. How many of you know we raised them up real good here at Stratford Heights? Oh, you're... Always a photo op, you know. This right here is a very important crown. It's not just any crown. This is awarded 
to a young lady in our congregation who, is, who was crowned official as Miss Ohio Teen. And she is here in the service, Jaden Lee. She's here. Come on up, Jaden. This is our girl. Isn't she pretty? that nice <laughs> she will be representing she will be representing the state of Ohio at the uh, national competition and this young lady is not just a pretty face she is one of our faithful dedicated young ladies who loves the Lord with all of her heart she's got a personality plus and you can see you spend five minutes with her and you'll know exactly why they chose her and why she is going to represent Ohio in the national competition, but Jaden, we are very, very proud of you. We love you. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Yep. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> We are delighted to have you with us today. If you're visiting, I know we have several folks who are here, some folks from Virginia. I understand you're very close to the Ray family and Jeremy, especially, who we have grown to love and appreciate so much. We're glad that you're here as you celebrate your son's independence. He's bought a new home, and you've come to help him get settled there. Our ushers are coming to serve you at this time, and as they do, I want to thank you for your gifts and your giving. But, you know, that means nothing because your gifts and your giving are to God. And this is a time in our service where we worship. I've often said to folks, if you have any issue or concern about giving, then don't. That was easy. Don't. God bless you. And when you feel it well up inside you and you're excited to do that like we are, and many of us here today who are, then, then you join us. But until then, for those who are cheerful, to those who are excited at the opportunity because you know that God blesses a cheerful giver. And that you know that he uses you to win the kingdom around the world, to make a difference in so many places where you and I cannot go. But when we simply give, we empower. We empower others to go and do it for us. And we are part of that. I'm so thrilled this morning that right now in Quito, Ecuador, Dios le bendiga. They are worshiping at the Hosanna Christian Center. And you keep the lights on, you pay their mortgage, you help the pastor, and you help the children there that they feed. You do it every single week. Thank you. For the Romanians, the gypsies in Oridia, Romania today, who will be visiting the chaplaincy care center that you built, thank you. They say over 1,000 people are ministered to every single month. This is part of what God laid on our hearts to do many years ago through our Pastor Watkins. And now we have so many other opportunities as we give, for we help to support 15 other countries in one gift. In one gift. Because, see, we kind of do something really crazy here. Pastor, we do this here. I've been, I've been told to stop, that we shouldn't do this. Um, 
Many folks have advised me that it's not the wisest thing to do, but I have found that it is blessed at every turn. We take the offerings at this service and the offerings in this at 8.30 and, and in this morning service all go out to world missions. We don't keep a dime. And in that process, God has blessed us and helped us to keep our lights on. And he's helped us in every way. We give the very best offerings that we receive out of a week. We give them to world missions. And that's not to our pride. That is to our humble worship to a God who takes care of every need. You can trust him as well. You can trust him with your family. You can trust him with your finances. You can trust him with your future. God will take care of you. How many have testified that that is absolutely true? Amen. So Father, we come before you thankful for those who regularly and, and obediently pay their tithe. We thank you for those who give to our missions and to our building. We thank you, God, for those around the world that we are able to minister to in this gift. We ask you to minister strength to them, Lord, not in just an offering today, but that we will meet a need, that God will be used. We thank you for this opportunity, and Lord, we worship you with every gift. In Christ's name, amen. He sees the sparrow. Oh, yeah. 
trust him. He's always there. He will never fail you. He will never let you down. Not one word will fail of his promises that he has given to his children. Not one. I felt anointed to say that again. Not one promise. We need reminded of that every now and again, don't we? Especially in the in-between time. What do I mean by that? The in-between time. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I, I've entitled the message, The Wilderness Cafe. Can God set a table here? Scripture text is found in Psalm 78, verse 9. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's word. Thank you, choir. Thank you, singers. Wonderful presence of the Lord, the atmosphere. Feels good in here, doesn't it? The children of Ephraim 
being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. Several months ago, I preached a message on that verse, making reference to how unbelievable it was. They were trained, they were armed, they were ready to fight and turn back in the day of battle. Well, why? Simply because of this. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in His law. They forgot His works and His wonders that He had shown them. Marvelous things He did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. And He made the water stand up like a heap. In the daytime also, He led them with the cloud and all the night with a light of fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. And they tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Father, we come before you. We ask your blessings over these few minutes that we're together. Pray that you will touch and minister. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit. And let the work of the kingdom be accomplished in our hearts as we learn to trust you in the wilderness. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Unbelievably so, the resounding answer that came back from the children of Israel was no. God cannot set a table in the wilderness. Foolish question. I mean, we all know what the wilderness represents. The wilderness is Death Valley. It's desert, it's dry, it's barren. No food, no water. In the wilderness, well, the wilderness, most folks receive a death sentence on their way to the wilderness. It's not a place where you go to survive. It's a place you go to die. And so here is a million of them or so. As they're wandering around in the wilderness after they've left Egypt. They found themselves wandering in this in-between time and they fail the test. They fail the test. This is what happens. Listen to me. This is what happens when people forget what God has done. No greater message at Thanksgiving than for us to remember, to be thankful, to acknowledge, to make list of, to count your blessings to remember what God has done, to remember how he has brought you out time and time and time again, to go back to the hours and the days, the evenings when you had those miracles in front of you is test-proof positive that God was on the throne. When you knew that you knew that you knew that God could do anything, nothing was impossible with him. You see, the children of Israel... That didn't, it wasn't a sin that they were hungry or that they were thirsty. This wasn't the big sin. 
The sin was that they had completely forgotten what God had done. That they forgot that God could do anything. Imagine making a statement like that. How foolish that is in retrospect to these years and, and us and, and, and our knowledge and scripture in front of us to, to look on the children of Israel and hear them say, can God set a table in the wilderness after he has parted the Red Sea? He has rained manna down from heaven. He has given them quail meat until they're sick of it. He has done everything under the sun to take care of his children. He has ministered to them over and over water from a rock, streams from the rock in the wilderness. And here they are daring at this hour, wandering, tired, wore out, in between, not seeing the answer in front of them just like they wanted. They forget they forget who God is, what God can do, what God has done. And they actually make the foolish statement, oh, can God set a table in the middle of this wilderness? Can God provide? Can God make a way where there is no way? Can he make the crooked places straight? Can he rain down blessings and strength? Can the promise actually come out of this wilderness? I'm lost. I'm barren. I'm dry. I'm thirsty. I don't see any way out. I don't know what to do. What's my next step? Can God set a table in the midst of this wilderness, they said no. After all that God had done, but before you point a finger in judgment, before you get on your high horse, before you want to preach at him a little while, how often have you forgotten what God has done and found yourself belly aching, griping, and complaining because you don't see what God's doing right now. It says they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness and tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. You know what that means. That means... They wanted it Burger King style. They wanted it their way. How often do we want it our way? We want it to be just like we've envisioned, just like we've planned, just like we've designed. Our way, not Yahweh. Manna was not as tasty as they'd like it to be. A little boring after a couple of casseroles. Quail meat was good the first go-round, but how many ways can you make a casserole? Quail soup. Quail peanut butter and jelly. They were tired of that. They were bored with that. Water from a rock, it's not as tasty as the refreshments we had in Egypt. Oh, in Egypt. Mm, 
the food in Egypt. They actually had gotten so off track that they were actually dreaming about the days of Egypt. Well, we had it better in Egypt. Well, we had good food then. We had food of our choice then. Everything was great then. It completely forgotten that they were under bondage, enslaved to an evil dictator named Pharaoh. They had forgotten God. They even started to question their leaders. Who is this Moses anyway? Who put him, who died and put him in charge? He can't even talk right. He doesn't give a good message. He doesn't inspire the troops. And look where he's left us. Here we wander in the middle of nowhere. Where in the world is God? I don't know what your wilderness is like this morning. I don't know if it's in your workplace, if it's in your family, it's in your spiritual walk with God, but it's miles of barren ground. You, you've ended here. You, you had a promise. You, had, you felt like things were going in the right direction. You felt freedom. I'm sure when they were walking out of Egypt, they were celebrating and they were dancing. Boy, we have those times, don't we? We just love it when God comes through just like we thought he ought to. We love it when God does it just like we think, just like we thought it was supposed to happen. We love it then. We're ready to shout and dance then. We'll have a good time then. But when that in-between time leads us into a wilderness experience, they were led into the wilderness. And there as they wandered around to understand, I believe they were never really meant to stay there nearly as long as they did. But they failed the test. And a whole generation of them never received the promise because they failed the test. Listen to me here today. We sometimes have a pie-in-the-sky kind of religion and we, we put ourselves in these no-fail no kind of attitudes or places in life and we need to remember something. When you stand before the Lord and he says, well done, he says, thou good and faithful servant. Faithful. Holding on to the very end, he who endures to the end. By faith you've been made whole. How many times did you hear the, the Savior say that to people? Thy faith hath made you whole. Thy faith, because of your great faith, I have not seen so great faith as I see over and over again. It was in retrospective faith. And here you stand. You're in the in-between time. What, what's the in-between time? I don't get that. Well, it, to me, it's kind of like when, you know, Linus's uh, pillow or his blanket. Yeah, that's what he had. Linus's blanket's getting washed and it's in the dryer. It's that in-between time. He can't hardly stand it. He's waiting for the dryer to get done. Or it's like a teenager, I've noticed these days, a teenager without internet access, the in-between time. Can't get to my Twitter, can't get to my Instagram, can't get to my Facebook. I mean, they about to have a heart attack. I've watched them. Where, where's the internet? Here's a hot spot. Oh, thank you, Lord, for Twitters. Tweet, tweet. Or like that time when I, a few weeks back, when I was standing in the middle 
of, of an island, St. Uh, Lucia. And I was up on a mountain. And I got up in the top of this tower, and they strapped on these cables. Yes, I paid for this. And I'm standing up on top of this big platform in the middle of the rainforest, looking down a mountain that I would be dead if I jumped. The in-between time. You know that time, that time when I'm standing there with the cable hooked up and the guide is saying, go. The in-between time. That time between where I am and where I'm going. Between the comfortable and the uncomfortable. Between where I've been and served and I'm done. And God is now wanting me to move to the next place, but there's this in-between time. It would have been wonderful if, they would, if the children of Israel would have stepped right out of Egypt and right into Canaan. Boy, that would have been great. But that isn't the way God works. God is constantly growing you and I. He's constantly taking us into seasons in our life where we have to learn a few things. The wilderness is there on purpose in your life, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just tell you, it's on purpose. God's got a plan and a purpose for where you are. And the sooner you learn it, the sooner you get down on a bended knee and humble yourself and surrender yourself to it, the faster you're going to get to the next level. God has got a plan and a purpose for where you are right now. It may not look like it. It may look barren. It may look dry. It may look like sure death. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it has got the promise all over it. You've got to stay faithful now more than ever before because you're in between. You're right here and you're ready to step on Canaan land. You're ready for it. You've got to stay faithful now. Don't be caught in the midst of this trouble and we see in the eyes and the, the words of, of the Israelites. Don't be caught gri griping and whining and complaining and testing God. Where are you, God? What are you doing, God? If you're not being used, if you're not finding fulfillment, if you're not satisfied, if you feel like you've left one spot you didn't know you were going to have to leave and you've got this other promise down here, but you're standing in this in-between spot, embrace it and go, go trusting faithfully to the throne room of grace and let God begin to build you and prepare you for when you can step on the ground that he's promised. You're getting there, but you've got to be faithful. The times in between, it can be tough. You, you had to walk out of that job. Now you're in between. You had to walk out of that ministry, but now you're in between. You've been left by a mate. You thought it would be there forever, but now you're in between. That last child just walked out and got married and you're all by yourself, you're in the in-between. Your doctor gives you a bad report. You're waiting on the blood work and the tests to come back. You're in between. We have all kinds of in-between times in our lives. We have to let, we let go to let God. But it's that, that space, that, that time in between that feels like a wilderness. It feels like there's no answer, there's no clarity. What are you doing? Where are you? Can God set a table in the midst of this wilderness? 
May I remind you this morning, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. He sets a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He is a God of banquets. He's a God of feasting. He's a God that fulfills his promise. He, you know, they were tired of what they, they knew God could rain down manna. They knew God could pour out quail. They knew God could pull water out of a rock, but they wanted their fancy. They wanted things to be their way. They wanted it to look just like they thought it ought to look. They wanted things to be done in a certain way. That's the first lesson you have to learn in the wilderness is you have to learn to trust God in the midst of the wilderness. You gotta learn to hang on and don't let the enemy discourage or or confuse you or deceive you in any way. You've got to stay the course no matter what. That's where Job was able in between to say, though you slay me, yet will I serve you. I'll not fail to give you every day in trust of my life. The in-between time. It's a desperate place. It's a fearful place. But in order to make it to the promised land, you've got to step out of Egypt. You can't get to where you're going until you take the step. And when you find yourself wandering around in this wilderness, the sooner that you say, thy will be done. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, Lord. The sooner you learn that lesson, the better. Because here's the promise. God will not fail you. He will not turn his back on his children. See, the sin was not in being hungry and thirsty. The sin was that they had forgotten that God can take care of every need and he will. Trust in him. Lay not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You're waiting. Can God set a table in the wilderness? Oh, he absolutely can. As I already mentioned, the good shepherd sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. But we learn in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 21 that he sets up a table, the Lord's table, we also follow in Luke chapter 14 where the, the, the banquet is being thrown. The parable we learn about a banquet that says, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Why? Because those who had the will, those who had the invitation, those who were, who were unsatisfied with the fancies that they had particularly were invited to the banquet hall of the Lord. You see, that's the important thing is that we remember he's going to bring a feast. He's going to bring a dinner. I, how appropriate at Thanksgiving. Oh, there ain't nothing better than cranberry sauce and turkey and mashed potatoes and oh, the chicken and dumplings that Missy makes. Wonderful. All these things together. It, it couldn't be better. The table is spread and all the fancies are there. Those are the good days. But let me tell you, it's those that trust in the Lord endure to the end. They're the ones who get the invitation when it's time for the dinner. The table will be set. But because those who had been invited didn't heed the invitation, the word says, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And when there were still seats left, we go on in verse 23, it says, go out to the roads 
country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. If those who God invites first to be a part will not participate, trust me, God will always have a people. He'll always raise up the least likely. He goes looking for the one that's weak but on their knees. He looks for the one that's humble, that doesn't necessarily have all the talent. You got all the talent. You got all the ability. God will bypass you if you sit back on your little throne waiting for the fancies. But if you'll get humble and get broken and allow God to empower you, he'll invite you to the banquet hall. And the table of God is always set. As a matter of fact, there's a yet a feast being planned right now. And at the rapture call of the church, there is a marriage supper of the Lamb where a table has been set. Oh, oh, and I can't hardly wait until we stand there in that great feast. God is going to come through. You hang on. Don't you let go. You stay faithful to the very end. You endure hardships as a good soldier of the Lord and you stay faithful. Oh, the enemy will attack. He will try his best to divert your path, but you stay the course and you continue to move forward and you plant your foot. My feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'll not be pushed back. When I resist that enemy, my feet are planted and I will not let him take me back. I won't let him push me down. I won't be knocked out. I like a proverb I posted yesterday. It says, they thought to bury me, but they didn't know we were seeds. I know, you gotta think about that for a minute. They thought to bury you. They didn't know you were a seed. By knocking you down into that dirt, they didn't realize what they were doing. Knock a child of God down. Knock a child of God down. And you watch them come right back up. Changed. Brand new. With bark and fruit and leaves and strength. You can't bury a child of God. You can knock them down, but they won't be knocked out. They may be perplexed, but they are not in despair. We have faith and confidence in a God who is able. Oh, the presence of the Lord has been here in a wonderful way this morning to prove to us, to speak to us. He will never fail you. It doesn't matter what you go through. I look down through the aisles, and Jeff, I remember there have been times I stood in San Juan, Puerto Rico, talking to you on the phone. I could take you to the street corner where you were concerned about your boy, and we prayed on that phone, and we talked about that, and we made sure there was prayers going up. I'm telling you, I go down through here, and I can see over and over and over again. Sandra, I can see Rex. I can see there. there's folks all the way back through there. I see you, Penny. I remember when you were distraught, and I remember when the enemy tried to knock you out. But here you are on a Sunday morning, here faithful in God's house, because you can't be buried not when you belong to God. You can't be knocked back when you belong to the Lord. Stay faithful to the very end and you will get to the promise it's not a hope so don't say i hope so or i want so you look to god and to the heavens he made the sun the moon the stars and the seas and that same god has a promise that you are going to stand in canaan land you're going to stand in the promise and nothing will detour you or hold you down or hold you back
Woo! Yes, I'm a holy roller. I'm one of them. I get excited when I think about what he's done. That's why David danced before the Lord with all of his might. You can't be held back when you belong to God. And if you won't forget who he is, if you won't forget what he does, if you won't forget how powerful and mighty he is, there is nothing can hold you down or hold you back. What shall separate me from the love of God? Nothing, nothing, no devil, no demon, no angel, no man, no woman, nothing on this earth. Oh, but you don't know what I've had to endure. You don't know what this wilderness is like. I know it's fearful, it's desolate, it's lonely, it's hardship. It's, you're at the point of death. I realize that, but understand that everybody, even Jesus himself was led into the wilderness. So you're there with good company and he was not forsaken by his God. He came through for him and he's going to come through for you. Do you believe that this morning? Say amen. amen. Y'all wear me out. Because <laughs> you see, the, the wilderness doesn't last forever. Read it for yourself. Where did the wilderness ever last longer than it needed to? It won't last forever. Others may have to die and get out the way. But the promise is coming to those who are faithful. The promises will not fail. The wilderness doesn't last forever. It's the place where you learn your own limitations. Where you face your own failures. You wrestle with the temptations of your own heart. It's a place where you're in tune. You're made to listen to God's voice instead of your own thoughts. It's a place where you see God work in unusual ways. It's a place where you learn how to lean on others. And you find strength that you never knew you had until you first have went through the wilderness. You encounter the impossible, but greater than any in all of these. Pastor, you find out just what God is really like. You learn to know him in a way that you couldn't have known him any other way. That's why Paul said that I may know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul said, take me to the wilderness that I may know him better. That I might know what he's like. Where is your wilderness? What is your wilderness? I'm not asking you to like it. I'm just, I'm just asking you this morning to see God. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I've often said this, and it's not a train. There's light at the end of your wilderness. In the name of Jesus Christ, receive that word this morning. There is a light at the end of this wilderness. Key word being at the end. 
There will be an end to this. Young people, hold on. The world tries to pull you, wants to destroy you, wants to take you out, take you down. They want to deceive your faith. They want to cause you to lay it all down. Don't you dare fall for it. Don't you fall for that. You'll go to hell over my dead body and the dead bodies of your parents and these people who love you. Don't you look to the things of this world and think that that'll satisfy. It will not. Oh, it's fun for a season, they say. Why don't you step into some of the hospitals and some of the jail cells? Why don't you go to a Celebrate Recovery meeting on Friday night or Monday night and ask a few of those people if sin for a season lasts very long. Jesus is still the answer. Your mama told you that when you were little. Your grandma prayed that over you. And I'm here to tell you, in 2014, at six minutes after 12, grandma was right. Mama was right. Let him be the God of the in-between in your life. And he's God of the in-between for you this morning. God is your provider. He's the air that you breathe. He's your strength. He will keep you in the wilderness. Hold tightly to his hand. In the name of Jesus Christ, at Thanksgiving more than any other time, hold your family close. Embrace the days that you're in. And I know that's difficult. It takes strength. It takes courage. Embrace it. Watch what God does. My promise to you is simply this. If I had to promise that the church of God will be there for you, the church of God will help you get all the way through, well... That would be a false hope. If I were to tell you that Pastor Cameron, Pastor Richard, Pastor Ray, that any of these pastors or any of our staff, or if I were to even tell you that Audrey Purdom herself was going to come through for you, I would be giving you false hope. But for me to look at you this morning and say, with not a flinch, not a doubt, he will see his work through to the end. He is faithful. He will not fail. If you will endure, you will see promise. You will see Canaan land. But I, I'm wounded. I'm broken. I don't even have everybody that I started out with. Hear me. As you are faithful and you endure, 
though you have been knocked side to side, though you have been attacked from every side, know that you will step foot in Canaan. You will see the land flowing with milk and honey. You will be fed with streams, the maker of, who'll make you glad, the cities, the wonderful beauty, the majesty. You will see it. And you won't have to wait one minute longer than the promise that he has given and already prepared. Be faithful in the in-between. Do not look to the left or to the right. Do not lean on the arm of flesh or your own understanding. Do not seek your own fancies. Don't think it through with your own mind. Trust in the Lord. Lean hard upon him. And you will see God in the land that you are living in. Come through with a praise and a victory on your lips. You will. What's at the end of my wilderness? Well, Jesus, it says that when he had come through his 40 days, tempted by the very devil himself, it says at the end of it, the angels of the Lord ministered unto him. You'll find he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. You'll find that strength. You'll find victory. Hello, and at the end of your wilderness, you will find God. You will find God. He will be there. And he'll say, well done. But Lord, I'm bruised. I know. I'm beaten up. I know. But wait till you look in the mirror. <clears throat> wait till you look in the mirror. I'm not talking about the mirror at your house. Wait until you look into the mirror that God has done. The work inside you. Heaven's mirror. Wait till you see what you look like when you come through the wilderness. Stay faithful. Stay the course. Paul said, the time of my departure has come. What's that? The time of this wilderness has ended. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them who shall love his appearing. That's me, Lord. That's me. Stand with me today. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Play it, man. Jesus is the answer. For the world today With every head bowed and every eye closed Above him there's no other Jesus, Jesus is, is the way Oh, 
Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. As you're standing there this morning, you're at two different places in your life. Perhaps you're here today and you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've come in here today and you've not been trusting. You've not yet fully trusted him with your heart. Jesus is the way. I would ask you that you would consider this morning accepting Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior. To be saved this morning, rescued from the circumstances of your life, to begin walking this path that is ordained and ordered for those who trust in God. Up to this point, you've been wandering aimlessly. You don't have a wilderness experience, you're just lost. You're lost in sin, you're lost in this world. There's no safety for you, there's no plan for you, there's no design over your life. I'm telling you, you are lost. You need Jesus this morning. If you're here, you need to make things right with the Lord. You need to accept him into your life and trust him with your future. You're here and ready to make that decision today for Jesus. Then I'd ask you, right where you are, just slip up your hand and write back down. We're going to pray a prayer for you this morning. Are you here? Anyone at all in this house? Is there anyone that needs Jesus? I need to pray, preacher. Amen. God bless you, sister. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Any others? Several have lifted their hands. Anyone else? Are you here? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? This is so important. This is the most important part of the whole day. Most important decision you'll ever make in all of your life. Christians right now are praying. You're praying that there'll be no distraction. The enemy doesn't try to tell somebody, just forget about it. Move on. Hope the preacher will shut up and quit. You're here today. You need Jesus. You can't leave the house until you've made things right with him. You know you can't. Are you here? Just shoot your hand up and right back down. Amen. God bless you, son. Anyone else at all? All right. We're going to pray another prayer in just a moment, but right now I want the whole congregation to join me. We get to usher, escort people right to the throne of grace. This is just a prayer if it's not prayed from your heart. If you don't mean this, it means nothing. But if you believe and know that Jesus is here today to save you, that he died on the cross for you, that he is your Savior and Lord, and he has made this invitation through his Holy Spirit right to your heart, if you are here and you're ready to do that, and you're serious. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you are saved. You're born again. If you believe that today, your whole life is fixing to change right now. Church, I want you to help me. We're going to pray together with these that have already lifted their hand. If you didn't lift your hand, but you need to pray, go ahead. I want you to pray this with us and trust God. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you in your name. I come to get right with you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my savior. I make declaration that you are my Lord. And so according to your precious word, 
I believe in my heart. I have confessed with my mouth. I'm born again. I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Our discipleship pastors right here. Lift your hand, Mo. Sister Melissa. I call her Mo. She has a discipleship booth out in the lobby. I want, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to go by there. She's got some information for you. I want you to just make a contact with you. It won't take anything from you. Just give something to you. So we want you to come by there. We want to help you get established and rooted in your relationship with God. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, before we leave, I want you to reach over and take someone by the hand. I want us this Thanksgiving to be very thankful, to be very mindful that God is God. He will not fail his people. I want you to adopt a mentality that says, come wind, come rain, come fire. I will stand and I will stand faithful and I will endure through every hardship, through every wilderness, I will make it all the way through and I will be found on the other side of it receiving my promise. I want you to make that declaration today as we pray. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to you, as their pastor, I make a statement, God, that I will get through every hardship and every wilderness experience. I will learn the lessons of the wilderness. I will not gripe and whine and complain. I will not allow the enemy to cause me to have to wander forever and for too long in the wilderness time. I will learn the lessons and I will move into that next level place. I will allow strength and grace to guide me. I will stay faithful and I will make it through. Lord, may every man, woman, boy, and girl pray this same prayer and may we be found, Lord, as a church, as your people, as a remnant, as the body of Christ. May we be found holy at your coming. May we be found enduring at your coming. May we truly, God, at the end of our experiences, at the end of the wilderness you've led us through or we have found ourselves in, God, I pray that we will be found faithful through it all until we receive the promise. And I pray this prayer this morning, asking for joy unspeakable and full of glory, for peace that the world doesn't um, understand or comprehend, for love that is not to be compared. I pray this in that name, that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together agreed and said, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Richard. Amen. What a wonderful word today. I am thankful today for our pastor. Will you just give it up for our pastor and a wonderful message from God today? Amen. As you go today, we do want to remind you again, Tuesday night at 7 o'clock will be our church-wide Thanksgiving service. About 8 o'clock, we'll be dismissing and going to the gym for donuts and cider. But with that said, we will not be having Wednesday night. God bless you. We will see you later wait, here. Wait, wait, This just in. The donuts, the donuts Tuesday night are from Milton's. Amen. Hallelujah. Like unlimited. Unlimited. And the cider is from Irons Fruit Farm. We always have a bunch of folks. Come fellowship. If you're new to the church, please come Tuesday night. Let us get to know you, fellowship with you, share a donut with you. Just don't take mine. And everything will be great. God Amen. bless you. Amen. We will see you all tonight at 6 o'clock. God bless. Have a good day.
tonight. If that's your cry, just lift your hands. God, we've come to meet with you tonight. Our soul cries out to you. Our flesh cries out to you. We want to know you. 